Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon, and so glad you're with us here on this Thursday, December 1st, the year 2022. Taking meds like crazy, can't get any better. But the show, she must go on. And so we shall, for the next two hours, try to inform and entertain you with a variety of guests. Any talking college football, talking NFL football uh, today. With that in mind, my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles, 1041. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area near a television set, well, pop it on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, you heard in the two-minute drill, um, we have got uh, a 12-team college football playoff. Obviously not this season, not the next season, but in 2024. Um, The Rose Bowl had absolutely no leverage in this thing, and they either hopped in or got left behind. So very good. So instead of 2026, we're going to have it in 2024, which is always a good, good thing. Great news from Brian Kelly today as he announced that LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, who sprained his ankle during a loss to Texas A&M last week, has practiced and has practiced very well and will play against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Quote, Brian Kelly today, he's had a good week of practice and will play for us on Saturday. That's uh, that's tantamount to having any type of success as a 17-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah. Um, thrown for 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. Run for 11 touchdowns, 824 yards. He is... Um, He is the stick that stirs the drink. There's no question about that for LSU football. So that in itself is very, very good news. We will uh, talk LSU football today. Preston Guy from TigerBait.com will join us um, to discuss his thoughts on the championship game. And uh, we'll go to a former player, the greatest LSU football team to not win a national championship That was uh, in 2011. That's when they lost to Alabama in the rematch in the Superdome. But they did take on Georgia in the SEC championship game. And the Honey Badger and company put a beat down on the Bulldogs. Will Blackwell, an All-American offensive lineman on that team, will join us and share his thoughts and his experiences of the big game. Chris Dunnels will join us in hour number two as we talk about the New Orleans Saints. And then Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports in the 3.30 segment of the show will get his NFL picks this week, including the Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night 
football. So there you go. Great night for the New Orleans Pelicans last night. They opened up with a 40-point first quarter to lead by 11. They outscored Toronto 34-18 to in the second en route to a 126-108 win to finish the month of November at 13-8 and overall, 8-3 inside the blender, the Smoothie King Center, and a very, very efficient Zion Williamson yet again. Took 15 shots from the field, made 12 of them. You do the math on that, that percentage. Uh, Nine of 12 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, five assists, four steals, two blocks. Uh, Zion with 33. Just, uh, Just remarkable. And, of course, as you know, Zion became the first player in NBA history. Think about this. In NBA history, think of all the great players All right. Great players. First player in NBA history to average 25 points a game and shoot 60 percent from the floor in his first 100 games. Wow. Even Wilt didn't do that. And Wilt, the Big Dipper, was always around the rim. Uh, He had to be close to it, but he's the only player in NBA history. So uh, there you go. They got some support. Uh, Again, no uh, Brandon Ingram, no C.J. McCollum, but off the bench, Trey Murphy. Well, from the bench to a starting position, Trey Murphy has just been tremendous. 8 of 17 from the field, 6 of 12 from downtown, a perfect 4 for 4 from the stripe. He came in second in the point totals with 26. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas had another double-double, 16 to go with 13 boards. Herb Jones, uh, another stellar defensive job. He had 12 points off the bench. Larry Nance Jr. with 10. And Dyson Daniels uh, with 14. So depth, talent, and when this team comes together and is healthy and can play together for an extended period of time, they got a shot to be pretty darn formidable. No question. I give them an A. We've, we've reached the quarter pole of the NBA season. Hard to believe. A uh, lot, lot of hoops left. But even without Williamson in the lineup and without Ingram and without Jones and without McCullum, this team has remained pretty darn consistent. No big peaks, certainly no deep valleys. Uh, so that speaks to the depth of this roster. Um, this is a dangerous club if they can get healthy play together for extended games it's pretty darn good yeah pretty darn good no question about that um yesterday was the one year anniversary since the hiring of brian kelly and when you think about where that team was then and where that team is now with only 38 scholarship players available for last year's bowl game um it's remarkable It truly is. And I I know we've harped on this time and time again. It's not going to do anything on Saturday uh, to beat a very, very, very good Georgia team. Not to say that it can't happen, because it can happen. But from where they were to where they are, uh, I mean, he signed, filled a bunch of holes via the transfer portal, signed the number three transfer class in the country. Uh, that class of transfers includes seven players who've become everyday starters. He also signed 15 high school players, including Harold Perkins, who he flipped to LSU just before signing day from Texas A&M, ended with the number seven overall recruiting class when you combine high school players and transfers in the country. Um, now, the other staff prior to this deserves a lot of credit uh, for that as well. Uh, but they're out there recruiting hard. 
The class of 2023 currently ranks fifth in the nation. The 2024 class is number one. Um, remember, they only won five games in 2020. They won six games in 2021. Well, they've won nine regular season games this year, uh, including road victories at Auburn and at Florida, making Kelly the first LSU head coach to defeat those two teams on the road in the same season. Now, certainly Florida is not the Florida of old and Auburn's not the Auburn of old, but LSU's not the LSU of old either. So we put it all in the blender. It's it's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. So, yeah, did they have their hiccups? Yeah, the season opener to Florida State by one. Then the game against Tennessee, um, where they were never in it. They kept going forward on fourth down to try and narrow the gap and do some things out of their normal comfort zone. So it is what it is. And then eh, that little blowout loss to Texas A&M, that was just a that, – that's a hard-to-fathom uh, situation. But you got to give Brian Kelly and his staff an A on this season. I mean, they're in the SEC championship game. Holy cow. It's plain and simple. If LSU beats Georgia, they're going to New Orleans playing the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State. If they lose, they're probably going to the Citrus Bowl uh, and probably will play Purdue. That's what uh, I'm being told. Uh, don't, don't, bet the, don't bet the house on it by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but we shall see. Georgia has all the advantage in this one. Their defense is outstanding. Uh, Their offense doesn't get enough credit, but that quarterback, those tight ends, they can run the football. Georgia has just about everything you could ask for um, when it comes to a football team. But you know what? They don't play it on paper, right? They just don't. You play it between the lines. And uh, I have seen some LSU teams go in uh, as severe underdogs in, in that game and come out on top. So let's just let's just wait and see what happens. It'll be fun. It's great to be it's great to be in the game. It is great to be in the game when nobody in the world expected that. Um, LSU has been to the SAC championship six previous times. It's won five of those games. Four of the games have come against Georgia, where LSU is three and one. They're only lost the title game against the Bulldogs in 2005. That was Les Miles' team, 34 to 14. Les wanted to run up in the stands and, and beat up some, some drunken Georgia fans. Les can't do that. Can't do that. So LSU comes in ranked number 14. Georgia's ranked number one. Georgia, the defending national champs. They're undefeated. Everybody in the world expected them to be here all along. No one put money on LSU to be in this situation. Thus, Georgia favored by 17 and a half. We shall see. A lot of uh, the media are embarking upon Atlanta as we speak. They'll have a bunch of press conferences. Coaches will stand up in front of that trophy. They'll take pictures tomorrow. It's quite the quite the to-do. I'm curious to see how many LSU fans show up for this one. I'm very, very curious. Very curious. All right. So um, we got a lot of football talk today, and uh, we will bring that to you uh, after our first timeout. But Acadiana, uh, if you need to grab some Christmas gifts, look no further than AcadianaDeals.com. Uh, right now, you can score a discounted rate for vouchers to buy you pop gourmet popcorn. It was more than 40 flavors of gourmet popcorn, Mudcat Whiskers, where you can get handcrafted beard grooming products, and Emmy's Ice Cream Bar, which offers up supreme 
ice cream. You can get an additional 50% off this week only. Just use the discount code DELTA50, that's DELTA50, to score an additional discount at AcadianaDeals.com. Don't delay. This offer ends Friday at midnight. So go visit AcadianaDeals.com right now. Boy, I need a timeout badly. We'll come back. We'll talk LSU Georgia here on the Jordy Helper Show. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. And we welcome you back. It's time to talk Georgia LSU as the SEC championship game is right around the corner on Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff here in the Central Time Zone. Uh, Preston Guy, staff writer covering LSU football and recruiting at TigerBait.com. Preston, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for com- joining us. I am doing very good, Jordy. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully I'm doing a little bit better than LSU was doing last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, if that if that LSU team shows up, oh my gosh! Let's just turn the game off at halftime and uh, start drinking. So um, anyway, um, what kind of buzz is this game? You, you're you're big into the social media, and what what kind of buzz has this game generated, in your opinion? Uh, quite frankly, uh, LSU's getting overlooked quite a good bit here. Whereas I think a week ago, this was the game everybody was talking about. It seems yeah. like more people were talking about this game a week ago than they are now, and now I'm here to scuttle. But you know, especially on the national scene, is this going to be the biggest blowout in SEC championship? Is LSU the biggest underdog ever to come in this game? Comparing you know LSU to some of the bigger underdogs and other all you know few of the three lost teams that have ever entered this game. Uh-huh. Um, I like that though. I like that. You know, uh, Bernard Converse and Josh Williams will be back this week, and I think that. Those two guys, especially Bernard Converse, hurt LSU last week because we saw Sage Ryan on two unfortunate plays just get beat last week when mm-hmm. he should have made those plays. And I think Bernard Converse in that role makes those plays. Um, and Josh Williams, we all know what he brings to the team. He's been incredible. Right. Um, and, and, and then we're getting word that uh, Jaden Daniels is looking yeah. healthy and good to go. So all the chips falling in LSU's direction, I like that for LSU, because just like Texas A&M wanted it, all Texas A&M was playing for last week was to spoil LSU's season. That's Mm -hmm. it. They had no bowl game on the line. This was it. This was their shot. Whereas LSU was kind of overlooking A&M and looking forward to that SEC championship and a chance to play in the playoff. Well, that's out the window now. Now, all that's left on the table for LSU is an SEC championship. That is the biggest accomplishment they will do this season. Whatever bowl game they go to will not matter compared to this game. I like that. Don't don't be surprised if LSU looks better than people expect. Oh, I I think they'll come out with a lot more energy. I just can't understand what happened uh, a week ago. I can't understand how they – would be looking ahead to a game. I, I, I can't I, – football, you know, I play basketball. It's different. You play so many games a week and this, that, and the other. But football, one a week, I don't know how you can't get up for that and, and be focused on that with so much, so much. If LSU had won that game, where would they be today? Would they be number five, number six? Where would they be? Yeah, they'd definitely be number five, no doubt. Yeah. And uh, with a win, LSU would undoubtedly – Yes. on its way to a playoff uh, spot. And it's sad. It's so sad for the program. 
but it, it is what it is. And yep. now LSU will be, you know, they're 14. They, they boy, did they drop. Boy, did they but, drop. Uh, an SEC yeah. banner is still something to play for. A lot of people came on my postgame show and were saying, man, there's no, not even any point now. Well, sure there is. You get sure. to win the SEC if you win one football game. I mean, absolutely. If you that, told that me, is... I mean, you you give me that a year ago. Brian Kelly got hired 366 days ago. If you had told him 300, you know, in 365 days you'll be preparing for an SEC championship. You win the game, you're SEC champs. Looks like that. 10 out of oh. 10 times, right? No question about it. Let's talk about the game. Um, LSU hasn't faced a defense like this one. Only two SEC teams have allowed fewer points per game than Georgia in the last decade. That was Alabama in 2012, giving up 10.09 points per game. The other was last year's Georgia team, giving up 10.2. How does LSU generate points? I'm not talking about yards. They can get yards. How do they get points against this club? Man, it's going to take a lot of strong execution. I yeah. do get nervous with this team in the red zone because they don't have those that bulldozer running back who can just mm-hmm. get you those guaranteed points. I mean, you have Noah Kane there who's been good at that, but not great, and you don't have a ton of depth at running back. I mean, it's just Jaden Daniels is going to have to execute just like he did against Alabama. He's going to have to play the best, you know, best yeah. game of his career. Um, more importantly, I, I don't think you're going to score 35-plus on this Georgia defense. I just don't no. think it's going to happen. I right. think if you win this game, it's because your good, not great defense plays, uh, gives an A-plus effort. That Georgia offense gives you some hope because that is not a super dynamic offense. I mean, you've got a quarterback with 16 touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, your leading rusher on that team with 600 yards. I mean, that is not – and a hyper-explosive offense. And Georgia's shown just enough vulnerability at times this year to give you a shred of hope. If Georgia brings a C-minus performance and LSU brings an A-plus, oh, yeah. I think well, LSU wins. There, there is hope. One thing that uh, LSU has not faced this year is the strength of Georgia offensively, and that is not one but two big, old, athletic tight ends. Uh, I'm very curious to see how Matt House game plans uh, for those dudes. Well, hopefully uh, he gets Harold Perkins out on the edge. You've seen Harold Perkins a lot of doing some yeah. headhunting of quarterbacks, but I'll tell you what, any tight end – being covered by Harold Perkins, I mean, there's a definite speed advantage, and you know he's got what it takes to to carry them down. I don't know what you do about the second tight end, but yeah. uh, there, there's one answer for you. But uh, I I I feel like Matt House's defense is structured in a way that would deal better with that type of the slow, methodical, physical offense more so then like Tennessee's offense, that would kind of scare me coming into this game, this air it out, wide right. defense. Quick strike. I, I, yeah. think, I, I think that's why LSU didn't keep it close against Tennessee. Uh, and, and, and that might sound funny being that Texas A&M just out-physicaled you to death, but uh, I, I, I still feel like I like their chances to rebound against that style much better than if they had, you know, five-star wide receivers scattered all over and a quarterback throwing a ball for 5,000 yards. 
If this game's in Tiger Stadium, I feel really good about it. But we've seen what the what the Tigers, albeit the first game of the year, a lot of things to learn, what they did in the Superdome. They've been really good at home. They've been not so great on the road. And this is going to be a distinct advantage for Georgia and their fans. So um, a, a good start is is never hurts. You know what I mean? Never hurts. No doubt. It should be at least 65-35 Georgia. But well, maybe LSU's. Fan, I, I, I think LSU fans feel a little deflated. Whether or not the team does yeah. or not, I know the fan base feels deflated after last week. So we'll see how much they show up. It should be a distinct advantage, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know that that's why why you get a head coach like Brian Kelly to prepare guys for environments like this. You got to give he and his staff an A for the year, don't you? You have to. Oh, no doubt. It's not an A plus. I mean. A lot of people, I heard some scuttlebutt of saying, well, if they lose this game, he's 9-4, and four, just like Ed Ogeron was in his first year. And, all right, well, not <laughs> that's a bit of a silly take because uh, he, what he inherited was an absolute dumpster fire. I don't yeah. think, I think there's a handful of coaches who could take that roster he got this year and go out and beat Alabama and beat Ole Miss and win the West. I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, do you think Jaden Daniels comes back for one more year? Oh, boy. Uh, look, at this point, it, it's close. Um, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's been real mom. Real yeah. mom, I haven't heard anything. Uh, you, you would, I would lean toward he's more likely to leave than stay. And then you got to wonder, does LSU go to the transfer portal or do they just put all their chips in Nussmeyer or Walker Howard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bet you a Diet Coke on this one. I think he comes back because uh, I think they're going to have a really good team next year. And I think another year under Sloan and Kelly and Denbrock, I think it improves yeah. his draft stock. Uh, that, I'm, that's just a guess. Just a guess. So let's, well, let's have gonna, a Diet I'm Coke. I'm you one. If he, if he leaves, I want a Coke Zero, not a Diet Coke. You got right? it. You, as long as they sell it at Sonic, you got it, brother. You got it. Uh, <laughs> Preston Guy, TigerBait.com. I imagine recruiting is still cruising along and going well. It is. LSU hosts a five-star recruit next week. Um, he is Nicole Harbor, his name. Uh, and of course, LSU just lost two defensive linemen commitments. So mm-hmm. that's always a bad thing when you lose commitments this late. Uh, there, there's a couple of stories. One kid committed to Auburn, which was strange because they didn't have a head coach yet. But right. uh, we all know NIL money is flowing there at Auburn, even though the coach wasn't. Uh, Hugh Freeze is there now. Uh, and then one kid wanted to be closer to home with his dad passing away. Um, so, you know, things like that happen. Nicole yeah, Harper sure. takes a lot of that, though, real fast. Yeah. We're talking about the top edge rusher in the country. He's mm-hmm. taking an official visit next week. So a lot of, lot of eyes on that kid. He's had a real quiet recruiting process. I mean, very quiet. A lot, lot of, a lot of Aggies jumping ship. So we'll see where they end up. So yeah, no <laughs> we, doubt. Will, we will go from there. Preston guy. Thank you so very much, man. Terrific job as always. And uh, we'll see diet Coke and a Coke zero on the line. So uh, we'll find out there about that go. sooner than later. Thank you, buddy. All right. Thank you, Jordy. All right, take care. Preston Guy, TigerBait.com. Uh, Christmas comes early. We got a little sweepstakes. You see, the game wants to stuff your stocking. 
with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com. <coughs> Pardon me. Or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armentor Jewelers and the Game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Sometimes you just got to play hurt, but the game goes on. And this is the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And I'm Jordy Helper. We'll be right back. Jordy Holberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now back to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 33 minutes after the hour as we um, continue our conversation about LSU, Georgia in the SEC championship game. I go back to the year 2011, a season that started in Jerry's world with a uh, resounding beatdown of number three, Oregon, 40 to 27. They went through the season unscathed, including that game of the century in Tuscaloosa that the Tigers won nine to six, getting them undefeated into the SEC championship where they take took on as the number one ranked team in the country they took on 12th ranked georgia he was a stalwart an all-american offensive lineman on that club and i just wanted his thoughts on this year's team and and what this game means and what it meant to him back in the day and that's of course our good friend will blackwell will how are you sir hey jordy how's it going man it's going man you remember you remember those days big guy like yesterday Uh, well barely now because at this point (laughs) I am an old man. I have three children. I'm almost <laughs> thirty-five awesome. years old. I mean, God, I've been out of the game for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you you guys beat teams like a drum. Forty twenty-seven, Oregon. You beat uh, Mississippi State was a close one. You beat them by thirteen. You beat West Virginia by shoot nineteen. You beat Kentucky by twenty-eight. I mean, you just blowing through teams. The Alabama game, of course, was uh, was a special one. Um, Tell me about LSU Georgia back in 2011. What your thoughts were heading into that SEC championship game, if you can recall? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, we were all, we were all very excited at the opportunity, man. It's a, it's a, watching TV and and trying to keep up with teams year over year. It doesn't seem like it's a huge accomplishment, I think, from the outside. But once you're a part of something like that and you realize how much work it truly takes to be one of the best two teams in the best conference in, in the country, um, yeah. you start to really appreciate the opportunity. So, for instance, in 2007, um, as freshmen, you know, we all got to go and travel and be a part of right. it and, and kind of see what was going on and how you're supposed to act. So it's supposed to act. Uh, so that by the time we got there in 2011, it wasn't this big uh, – uh, new thing that nobody had seen or been a part of, and that's what you know. That's what a lot of times what we'll talk about is: Are they prepared for the moment? And that's really what we're talking about: Is right? Are you are you able to go into this new place that you've never been in this in this setting that you've never been a part of, and do what you're supposed to do? Uh, and that's what separates, obviously, the great teams from the good teams. Um, yeah. Fortunately for us, uh, we were prepared and we did have experience, and so. By the time we got to Atlanta, it was another stepping stone for us. It wasn't just a, oh, man, I hope we can make it there and then we'll figure it out. It's No, that's that's mark number number 13. we got to get yeah. past that one. 13-0 uh, with so a 40. It's a mindset. Yeah. 
42 to 10, a win over Georgia to go to 13 and 0. When, I mean, the, the buildup is so big, and you know everybody in the world is watching this thing. When does that just become a normal game to you? On the first snap or during warm ups or when? Uh, I would say after the first drive, and it all kind of depends on the first drive. You know, if, okay. you, if, you, get out, if you get out there and I see for us in 2011, the very first drive, I think we'd had a three and out. Um, of course, we missed a wide-open pass on, like, 45-yard line. Uh, had Ruben Randall wide open, couldn't connect. Yeah. So that's a, you go three and out, and you're like, okay, guys, all right, well, you know, we've we got to turn it on a little bit. But <laughs> if you go out there and you get a couple positive plays, you pick up a first down, you're just playing football at that point, right? Like right. You're, you're, right. You're, you're in the game. Of course, the, when you first get out there and the crowd, of course, it's going to be a home game for Georgia. Once you sure. get out there and the crowd's going crazy, it's uh, it's, it's a different place. Of course, I didn't get to play in the new in the new Georgia Dome, so um, mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised right. to see what that looks like. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, you're, you know, after the offense comes out, uh, you're sitting down, you're going over notes, you're going over schemes. Uh, when you look up there and you know that the other team's going to punt the ball, did y'all kind of get up and watch, or did you look at the scoreboard when they had to kick it to old uh, Matthew back there? Oh yeah, of course, man. That, that of course. <laughs> For us, it's a little a little bit, bit different to watch than it is this year. Uh, we knew that Tyron could break one at any time, so I'm like, yeah. I'm not gonna miss. I'm not gonna miss what Tyron's gonna do, uh, especially <laughs> considering what he did the week before against Arkansas. Um, of course, this year we're we're definitely not as um, aggressive or right. threatening, you know, with our return game. So uh, I would imagine it's a little bit different. But yes, soon. As soon as you know that it's your opportunity to go back out, you're chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit. Please let me get out there and get one more try. So I, I, I look forward to seeing how this team responds, Jordy. You know, they've, they've yeah. gone from supreme underdog to kind of underdog to favorite and now back to underdog. So that's yeah. a big swing in, in emotion. Um, now, with that being said, I told somebody this morning, hell, if A&M can come out and spoil our season, we can go out and spoil Georgia's. Why not? Yeah, I, I fully expect LSU to be in focus and 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 adrenalized for this one. I really do. I, I can't explain last weekend. I don't think anybody can explain last weekend. Just like I don't think anybody can explain that championship game against Alabama that ruined the perfect yeah. season. It just stuff happens, and sometimes it just goes the wrong way, and that's you just got to yeah. live with it and, and move on. But I, I wanted to get you because I, I fully believe. Look, George is so good defensively. Heck, they only give up eleven points a game and i don't care mm. what oh, how many yards you give up doesn't matter to me it's how many points no. do you give up they only give up 11 so it's going to be on this offensive line to be able to do things to create movement of the chains uh, movement of the sticks keep the team on the field drives how comfortable do you feel and how do you evaluate this offensive line with two freshmen starting on uh, bookends right and you know that is one thing about the offensive line in my in my mind, they have flashed greatness this year, right? They okay. they they had the Alabama game where you see minimal mistakes, but then you go back a couple of weeks and you got the Tennessee game where there were very few positive things to build on. Right. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of one of those things, you know, which offensive line are we going to get? And that is that is the struggle of the youth, right? Once you mm-hmm. get to a point where you got a bunch of juniors and seniors, you should be worried about consistency. <laughs> those guys have been there; they've done that. You've right. got a bunch of young guys who are still trying to feel their way through the offense and through school and through being on a team with a hundred other people. There's a lot more variables. 
Um, with that being said, it's the 13th game, so you know these guys should have a little bit of experience under their belt. Right. I, I, I would imagine that Will and Emery, speaking of the two freshmen, will most likely rise to the occasion. I think they are, they are guys that feed off the energy, and I think that could have been a little bit of the issue last week, right? Going into a hostile environment where nobody's on your side, nobody's yeah. backing you up, you make a mistake, and things start to build on each other. Um, and it's, it's, it could be a godsend that they got to go into Kyle Field and kind of get beat up a little bit last week because now that entire process is the same with a different team in a different place, but you've been through it last week, so you know what to expect. Sure. Hey, we all get greedy. Um, you know, everybody says, well, if you've gone back to day one and would you have ever expected LSU to be where they are? I would say no. Uh, but when they got there, I'm like, you know what? They got a chance. Uh, if they win this game and somebody, something happens, yeah. they got a shot to be in the final four. And that would be the most Cinderella story of Cinderella stories. But it is what it is. Uh, the job this coaching staff has done. How, how do you rate that? Oh, what's your scale? One to ten? <laughs> how how can we go? Let's see. One to ten, I'm going to say for now probably seven and a half, eight-ish. Okay. Um, I do – I'm extremely pleased where this program's come in a year. I mean, we we played the Alamo Bowl with a wide receiver quarterback last year. We, we We did not expect, like you said, to – we really didn't expect to win six games. But being in the football world and, and people that are around know this, once you're great one time, you're expected to be great every time. And Absolutely. the name of the game in football is consistency. Yep. yep. Um, and yep. so it is a little bit disappointing to see, um, you know, them go out and play as well as they could and then to have a slough off a couple of times. That, right. that to me, is a little bit of an indication of, hey, we got a lot of stuff to work on. Um, yep. But like you said, man, I mean, we're 9-3. and three. If, if you, you know, if you're giving the odds on 9-3 and three six months <sighs> ago, Nobody in their right mind would have taken that. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm curious as an offensive lineman, what can L- – and you, you study, you know all these things, and Georgia has an offensive line, and they've got great tight ends, and they've got a very experienced quarterback. How does Matt House best, most effectively utilize Harold Perkins in a game like this? Because, I mean, he's going to have to have another one of those Arkansas-type yeah. games for LSU to be successful. Well, you said it. He's gonna, they're going to have to do what they did against Arkansas. They're going to have to put pressure on Stetson. Of course, we all know that Stetson is pretty good on pressure. What, what, what I mean by pressure is not necessarily blitz packages, but you're going to have to get him on the ground. You're going to have to yeah. make him uncomfortable. You're going to have to stay in his face. You're going to have to make sure that he doesn't have uh, 10 yards to throw the ball, right? A lot of that is going to be on the defensive line. But like you said, if you're out there <clears> – <throat> playing all season and everything is going great, and then all of a sudden you show up in Atlanta and Harold Perkins is on your back for 90% of the game, that's a, that's a, that's a difference. And yeah. where you are going to have to find a way to utilize him, I think a lot of – I think A&M did a great job of scheming us up. Of course, anytime you can run the ball for, God, were they 250 yards? Yeah, that was That was so – unusual to me so unusual and it was and i don't know that you know maybe we expected them to do something else of course the running back had fresh legs and that's a little bit of a difference maker but uh my point is you're gonna have to make stetson uncomfortable the offense runs through him he's a very very he's a game manager in the most respectful sense of the term um of course it all comes down to just playing basic 
basic ball, Jordy. You know that you got to stop yeah, the run, right. and then when they pass it, you can't let them catch it. <laughs> a little, a little pride. There's my man. I got to stop him. Got to shut him down. That's just that's just exactly. the way the way it is. You were a de- you were a big time defensive lineman in high school. Tell me about the shift over to offense. How how well did that go when that first uh, came upon your plate? Well, you know, it was one of those things that they kind of always told me that I was going to be doing. You know, of course, uh, rest in peace, Coach Shiles. But Don always said, "Will you're going to play offensive line in in college? Why don't you come play offensive line, Coach Shiles? I'm a defensive lineman. I ain't going to play offense. What are you talking about?" <laughs> so by the time I got down there, it was a little bit of a rumor. Of course, I have. I think you and I had this conversation maybe last year. It, back when I was coming out, you didn't have uh, you didn't have a bunch of Will Campbells. You didn't have a bunch That's of Jim right. Reed Joneses. You didn't have. That's right. uh, you know, there was one Andrew Whitworth, and there weren't a lot of guys that were built like him, right? So you kind of had to figure out how are, how are we going to make these offensive linemen more athletic? How are they going to compete against these defensive linemen? Oh, yeah. well, let's move over some D linemen. And it worked for us for a long time until it didn't work anymore. And I just think now that there's just so many more kids, the pool is so much larger that we do yeah. have these genetic freaks, right? So we have these kids right. that are – offensive linemen that look like linebackers. That's not normal. Well, you answer one question for me. It's so speculative and so many rumors, but was there ever a point in time when players in North Louisiana said, no, I ain't going to LSU for some reason or another? Was was that something that was prominent? Uh, No. And, you know, it was a little different for me, Jordy. Of course, by the time that I got to to decide where to go to school, um, West Monroe had – it sent uh, Andrew Whitworth, Brady James, Rodney Reed, That's right. um, That's Brad right. Smalling, Shamari Clemens. There was a pipeline that was established. Okay. And I always thought, man, I ain't going to be the guy that goes to LSU. I'm going to do something different. I don't, no, no, no. <laughs> of course, this was all all before I took a trip down. Took a trip down there. Of course, yeah. uh, my, my, my main man, T-Bob, was there. We had already known each other. But my point was, once I got there, I knew that that was home, and I think yeah. that that's how a lot of a lot of guys how it works. You just get this feeling of like, man, I like this place. This is where I want to be. And so I, I think since so many of us ended up going to LSU, and there was such a big pipeline, it became this thing again of like, oh, I don't want to be just another guy that goes to LSU. I want to do something crazy, or I want to go somewhere like uh, what's uh, Eric Reed's brother went to Stanford, stuff like that. You know, just to to try and break the mold, but. I got you. Uh, I think it comes in cycles more than anything else. What a team that was. Started the year off ranked number four uh, after the win over Oregon. Moved to number two. Slipped down to number three because you played Northwestern State. Hate those kind of games. Then you got up to number two. And then 11 straight weeks at number one. You end up the year finished at number two and your SEC champions. That was one hell of a football team. That must have been so much fun. Man, and you, you know, I'm, I was glad that you got to be a part of it. We all, every yep. everybody that was associated from the administration yep. down to the athletic trainers, uh, everyone was involved, and we were all so close. I mean, yep. here we are still having conversations about it 10, 12 years later. So, right. um, still got my ring, you know, big that's, fella. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> Yeah, I still got my ring from that one, so I, I didn't do much. But um, I, anyway, it was it was a fun, fun team to watch, man. That was terrific. Well, I, I can't it thank sure you. Was. What do you what do you think about this game Saturday? Give me your thoughts, real quick. Well, Jordy, I think we're, uh, we're we'll be lucky to to be within a touchdown. I think if we play okay. our best football, uh, we could keep it to a couple of possessions. But we are going to have to play obviously our best game of the year, 
and we're going to have yeah. to make Georgia uncomfortable. We're going to have to stop yeah. the run and prove to them that we can run the ball, which is not something we've really done all year. So the odds are stacked against us, but football is a game of motivation. And, uh, you know, our guys got beat up last week, so maybe they're out to right. prove something. Let's see what they do. Here's what I want. I'm not going to ask the good Lord for a win or anything like that, but let's get to the fourth quarter and still be in it. And then let's see what happens. That's what. That's yeah. all I want. Exactly. Play play good, clean, crisp football like we like we've done the last you know few weeks before Texas A&M. No turnovers. Don't have any pre-snap penalties, and just prove that you belong in the big moment. Really, that's yeah. all we can ask. Well said. Will Blackwell, it's a pleasure as always, dude. I'm, I'm thrilled that, you, that everything's going well, and I can't thank you enough for your time and your expertise. You're the best. I really mean Anytime, that. Anytime, man. Let's, let's get together. You got it, my friend. Will Blackwell, All-American offensive lineman on the best LSU football team to not win a national championship. But, boy, were they, were they good. Holy cow. They beat, they beat Ole Miss 52-3. to They beat Arkansas 41-17. Georgia 42-10. to um, uh, Alabama 9-6. to Auburn 45-10. to Tennessee 38-7. to Florida 41-11. to Kentucky 35-7. They blew people away. It was a great, great football team. I cannot explain that national championship game against Alabama. I just can't. Other than the fact they went up against Saban, and Saban had a lot of time, and he he made the proper adjustments. LSU didn't, and 21-zip, that was it. Any other LSU team, it had been 42-zip, but that defense was some kind of good. All right, we'll take our final time out of our number one uh, here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the SEC championship-bound LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, southwest Louisiana's sports station. I hate having to talk about this, but we must talk about it. Some police blotter news. Um, Former LSU assistant coach, the interim head coach at the University of Nebraska, Mickey Joseph, uh, was arrested yesterday on suspicion of strangulation and third-degree domestic assault. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, that's just awful. Awful. Um, Another one. An arrest warrant was issued for former NFL wide receiver Antonio Brown, who faces domestic violence accusations stemming from an incident that took place on November 28th involving the mother of his children. That's according to Fox 13 in Tampa, Florida. So a couple uh, prominent people uh, in their sport um, making news in all the wrong fashions, all the wrong fashions. So um, there you go. It's uh, let's see. Looking for some great stocking stuffers this holiday season? Well, then look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. (coughs) Excuse me. Or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com game.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Yes, indeed. Um, Our number one was all college football. Um, We got to give a shout out to Tulane as they're trying to win the AAC. 
uh, championship game on Saturday, same time as the SEC championship game, 3 o'clock against Gus Malzahn and uh, – University of Central Florida, who came to Yulman Stadium earlier in the season and put a beatdown on Tulane. So now Tulane has a chance to avenge that in the biggest game of the year. And Willie Fritz said, no, I'm not going to Georgia Tech. I'm staying at Tulane. So Tulane must have said all their alumni, and they got some – the alumni at Tulane don't stay in New Orleans. They all go back up to New York, New Jersey, and all that stuff. Uh, time to pony up and get that uh, NIL money uh, working for the Greenway. They need to improve some facilities as well uh, if you want to keep that coach. He's a really, really good one. Um, coming up, hour number two, Chris Dunnels will join us, talk about the New Orleans Saints. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports will make all the picks of this week's NFL games, including tonight's matchup ending with Monday night football between the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. This is the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, here home for the SEC-bound LSU football Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Wouldn't it be nice if LSU could win a championship, Houston won a championship? Wouldn't that be nice? And we'd be the championship station. Well, we are regardless, but we'll be back. Stay with us. Hour number two straight ahead. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studio. He's spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles, 1041 FM. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, well, we are – on television as well as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. We have a great slate of NFL games this weekend. My goodness, Buffalo at New England, that's a good one. Uh, but, boy, they get better and better and better throughout the course of uh, of the weekend, including uh, Kansas City and Cincinnati. I mean, that's a, that's a great one. Interesting to see what the thoughts will be again with Cleveland against Houston with Deshaun Watson returning. The Jets are at Minnesota. That's, uh, that will be interesting as well. Big one in the NFC East. Washington at the New York Giants. Oh, there's all kinds of great uh, get the Get the, um, the medics out because Tennessee is taking on Philly in Philly. You talk about a battle of bruisers. That's going to be that's going to be something. So anyway, the Saints, of course, close out uh, Week 13 of the NFL when they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in what is, believe it or not, a very, very big divisional ball game. Um, they, even though both teams have losing records, it's a huge game. The Saints have had really good success against Tom Brady in his time in Tampa. The question is, can the Saints generate enough offense? We go to our expert, Chris Dunnels, uh, who's kind enough to join us and kick off our number two. Chris, I hope you're doing well, my friend. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much, man. Just getting ready for what you are calling a great week of football this week. So looking forward to it. Aren't there really good games? I mean, who, who doesn't want to see Pat Mahomes against Joe Burrow? Gosh. I mean, that's that's top-level stuff. 
how dare you downplay the exciting quarterback matchup of Tom Brady versus Andy Dalton? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Shame on me. Shame on me. Um, is is Jameis Winston that hurt, or they just have no confidence in him whatsoever? What do you think is the is the sticking point here? That's a great question, and one that probably only Jameis Winston and Dennis Allen know at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I would hate to speculate on the radio, but right. I'll go so far as to say that at this point in the season, I don't think anyone's fully healthy. I don't think right. Andy Dalton is fully healthy. I don't think Taysom Hill is fully healthy. I think everyone gets banged up. So is Jameis Winston as healthy as anyone else playing in the NFL right now? I, I don't know. But I'm not certain that uh, Dennis Allen has seen enough, whether it's in Winston's health or in what Dennis Allen has been seeing in practices, to make any kind of quarterback change at this point and go back to Winston. I think this is um, the spotlight is on Dennis Allen. Can he get this team ready to play, and can they take from what they do on the practice field and ramp it up when when you kick it off on a Monday night um, in Tampa? Do you have the energy, the enthusiasm, the fight? I think this is a, an indictment on his career, don't you? For sure. I mean, Dennis Allen, at a certain point, you are what your record says you are, no, right? Not good. And this not is, good. This is Dennis Allen's second stint as a head coach, and he's not doing so great right now in New Orleans. Uh, But as you started, this is still a winnable game and a winnable division, even though the Saints are four games under five hundred right now. If they were to beat Tampa Bay, uh, they would essentially be a game out of first place, depending on what the Falcons do against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. So it's still a winnable division, uh, but if they lose this game, I would say that the Saints – Playoff hopes are probably gone, unfortunately. Uh, So if there's ever a game to get the team hyped up for and make sure that they have the A game on the field, it's going to be this week. And if Dennis Allen's team comes out flat and looking low energy, then I think that we should have a lot of red flags going up in who that nation. No question about that. So um, does this team come out with fight, and what do they have to do to get a win against Tampa Bay? Well, do they come out with fight? Let's hope so. I think think that there are a lot of reports, and we'll find out later today, if one of the players that's the heart and soul of the Saints defense returns this week, who always plays up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the form of Marshawn Lattimore. If they have a returning Lattimore who always has fun, we'll say, defending Mike Evans for the Buccaneers, I think that brings a big lift to the rest of the defense. But for the Saints to have any success, it's really more so than the cornerbacks and secondary it's going to be on the defensive line to get some pressure. The the Buccaneers mm-hmm. starting left tackle, uh, Tristan Wirth, is now expected to miss this game after suffering an injury last week. So if Cam Jordan, if Marcus Davenport, if the interior defensive linemen can all get some pressure on Tom Brady, who we know is not the most agile in his advancing age, uh, then the Saints should have a chance to win this game. I'm with you. Uh, Chris Dunnell's with us. Um how do you explain Alvin Kamara? I mean, that, two fumbles. I mean, that's so so unusual, right? Um, man, but San Francisco's good, and they created him, but he's got to protect the ball better. Got yeah, so Alvin Kamara already has matched his single-season high total for fumbles in a given Jeez. year. Uh, you can point to a lot of it just being bad luck, and, and that's, for what it's worth, that is lost fumbles in any given year. Uh, right. 
there's just a lot of wrong balances where, you know, a player might fumble the ball and then still be able to fall on it or have a teammate fall on it. And no one really thinks too much of it at the end of the day because the drive continues. I think we focus a lot on Kamara's untimely and disappointing fumbles because they've happened at really inopportune times. You know, maybe it's the first drive where the the offense looks like they're starting to get rolling or right near the goal line uh, to punch into the end zone and have a good shot of winning the game against the 49ers. So a a couple different bounces, and we might be looking at this differently. And I I don't want to pile on because I know a lot of Saints fans are already starting to do so. But I'll just say that I'm of the opinion that ball security and football fundamentals, a lot of that falls on the head coach. I'm with you one thousand percent. How can I have been so wrong about this team? I thought this team was going to be so much better than they are. I got them just I got them bass backwards. I thought LSU was going to struggle. The Saints were going to be terrific. And it's just the opposite. Where did this all go wrong, in your opinion? Well, it could be, among other things, that the loss of Sean Payton wasn't fully understood uh, at the time when it happened, when he announced his retirement, that Saints fans didn't realize how much of the team's success was because of the continuity there at the head coaching position and the next-man-up mentality he was able to bring. Because while the Saints have had some injury, you know, bad luck this year, let's not forget that they've had some pretty bad injuries the past few years under Sean Payton. But it seemed like the team was always able to find someone to – have the next man up mentality, get someone else to step up and, and have an increased role for the team. And this year they really struggled with that. And I think in a lot of ways it goes as a credit to Sean Payton and is also a bit of a knock on Dennis Allen and maybe his lack of experience as an NFL head coach. Yeah, I'm with you, Chris Dunnels. Um, one thing for sure, I always try and find the glass half full. Um, Caden Ellis has been quite the anomaly. Where did he come from? And he's been great. Yeah, so with each injury, it provides the opportunity for someone else to step up and show what they've got. And here, the Saints were super unfortunate to have Pete Warner, who was looking like he was growing into a budding superstar at linebacker, go down to injury, and that meant more playing time for Caden Ellis. And he has really shown a lot here in this limited time. He had missed some time due to injury the past few seasons, and now with the absence of Warner, has shown that maybe he should be getting a little more playing time. Maybe not necessarily over Werner, but let's not forget that Demario Davis is no spring chicken right now. So having a potential future pair of linebackers and Pete Werner and Caden Ellis, if Ellis keeps playing at the level he's playing now, means the Saints might not be too bad off at the linebacker position moving forward. I am with you. Um, do Do the Saints go free agency for a quarterback? Do they go draft for a quarterback? Or they do both? for next year. Yeah, that's that's a big mystery. So let's start by saying Jameis Winston is still under contract for next right. year. Uh, and so technically is Taysom Hill as well. But I think the very first and important domino to fall in this giant quarterback question is what happens with Sean Payton. Where he mm-hmm. goes and what, if anything, the Saints receive in compensation in a trade for Sean Payton. Okay. Because if the Saints were able to get a first-round pick this year, depending on where that pick falls, and or if they have to get a first-round pick maybe in the 2024 draft instead, I think that changes what they do at quarterback. This is a pretty deep quarterback class. There, there are mm-hmm. a lot of interesting names that don't necessarily have to go in the top five picks. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow was a, 
obviously a number one overall pick. Patrick Mahomes was technically, you know, at the edge of the top ten. So right. if the Saints get a mid-first, late-first-round pick, we obviously know they're always willing to trade up. They have a 2024 first-round pick, so maybe they move up to try to get uh, a top-end-of-the-first-half quarterback if they have someone they like. That's where I think they go. The free agent quarterback class doesn't look great. It's a whole bunch of stopgap options, but maybe the Saints go that route if they don't get a first-round pick this year, and instead they choose to find another kind of Andy Dalton-esque player to pair with James Winston and then <laughs> shoot for drafting a quarterback in 2024. Yeah. Oof. Lord have mercy. Do they, uh, do they start cutting bait here uh, with this club and kind of not starting totally anew but acquiring assets? I think it depends on what happens with this game and the yeah. outlook for the rest of the Saints' future, so to speak. So yeah. if the Saints can win this game, and even if they don't make the playoffs, if you see a little bit of a turnaround, then there's enough that's happened this season for you to say, you know what, let's give Dennis Allen the pass. Let's you know understand that he's had injuries both at quarterback and at all the skills positions. Michael right. Thomas missed the most, you know, the majority of the year. Let's see what happens. We saw the, the locker room kind of turn things around. If the Saints instead fizzle out to end the year, I would think there's maybe only a handful of untouchable players on the Saints roster right now. And other than that, they might look to start moving some players for draft pick. I'm with you. Chris Dunnels, kind enough to join us. Uh, give me give me a score on this one, big guy. Saints at Tampa Bay Monday night. Before I do that, let me also just say this ominous you know, kind of threat here. I think okay. this game could be one of the most important Saints games in franchise history in a long time. Wow. Because, again, if the Saints win, then they still have a shot this year for the playoffs. Okay. If they don't, then everything they thought about what this team could be under Dennis Allen and the decision That's to true. go with Allen after Sean Payton should be reconsidered. And all yeah. options should be on the table for what they do this offseason. I'll put it that way. So this uh, is definitely going to be a game to watch. Now, yep. my prediction I think it's going to be low scoring, uh, yeah. so take that for what it's worth. I, it will be a good game in that it will be close, but if you're a fan of offense, I just don't see it happening. Uh, the optimist in me is going to pick the Saints, so I'll say Saints win 13-6, and wow. it will be another game that will give us all a heart attack one way or the other. A ratings bonanza. Chris Donalds, you're the best. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your week and uh, week 13 of the NFL. I appreciate it. You too. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Chris Dunnell's kind enough to join us. Uh, 13 to 6. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, it's not going to be a high scoring game. I can promise you that. Uh, your Alexa or Google Home speaker helps out around the house. It allows you to control your lights, your thermostats, and so much more. But did you know it can also play the game? Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home everywhere you go. We'll take a time out. We'll come back with more here on the Jordy Helper Show. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Right, we are back. Frank Schwab about to uh, hop on board after this uh, very quick segment here. Um, believe it or not, what, a, what an honor is approaching for one um, legendary figure from the city of Karen Crow, and that's Kevin Falk. Five days until the 64th National Football Foundation dinner, where Kevin Falk will take his place in the College Football Hall of Fame. How about that? So um, that's going to be pretty cool. It happens on December the 6th. So good for him, man. Good for him. That's terrific. Um, Simone Augustus, one of the legendary, arguably the greatest women's basketball player that LSU has uh, ever had. Uh, so much so that they are... Um, going to have a statue of her. She's going to join um, Pistol Pete and uh, Shaq and Bob Pettit. And she's going to be up there as well. And that's going to be in like January the, the 16th. So that's, that's pretty good. Good for her. She, she was, uh, she was terrific playing for the late Sue Gunter. Yeah. Um, Brian Kelly had an SEC um conference today a press conference um talked about his impactful freshman quote we know about their physical ability but it's been their mental capabilities and the maturing beyond their years to come in and play at this level and that uh, that is so true on bj ogilari he embraced the change he embraced the mission and that is graduating champions and the excellence that we wanted as a standard here when you're talking about excellence on and off the field bj ogilari would be a guy that we would always bring up uh, yeah, and he said, look, it's been quite a journey. I think it's been a year since my introductory press conference. That was yesterday. Really proud of my staff, our players, and everybody associated with LSU and the accomplishments we have made in a very, very short period of time. Um, it's it's really one of those great feel-good stories. And, you know, people are people are so quick to judge to criticize before you even give anybody a chance. And, you know, when he went out there and he had that uh, faux pas with the accent on the, the basketball court and everybody just persecuted him. I just, I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, let's see what the, the guy was paid to coach football, not to give speeches at basketball games, hired to coach football, to get this program back to where this program needs to be. And I think he's done one hell of a job. Uh, and now all those people that were so critical of him um, have now jumped on board and then they lose to Texas A&M and now they jump off board again. And it's just, it's human nature. It's just people and look, everybody is entitled to his or her opinion everybody and you pay if you go to games you pay a lot of money and you have the right to be happy to be sad to be critical to be uh adulating whatever it is you have that right but when you sit take a step back and look and look and look deeply into what has happened um do you see any problems within this program? Any disciplinary problems? I don't see any. We've seen one at Florida just the other day. We've seen some all over the place. Um, I don't see any of that. So that tells me that there are guidelines and there are 
restrictions and you better toe the line or or else. So that hasn't been an issue. Uh, they've won nine games. Shoot, they beat Alabama. They beat Florida. They beat Ole Miss. Yeah, they had a hiccup against Florida State. That was just an awful game and still could have won it and should have won it. But an awful game. And then this Tennessee just overwhelmed them. And at the time, Tennessee was arguably the best team in the country. They really were. Uh, They came back down to earth as well. It's a long, long season. It's a long season. It's hard to get up for every football game and bring your highest level of performance. It's hard. hard. Now, the great teams, they do it. And when they don't bring their best effort, they still figure out a way to win. And I think that was the moment in the Arkansas game that really made me believe, okay, this is a special team because they didn't go in there and play great football. Now, Harold Perkins did. Nobody else did. And then LSU on the road in a very tough place to play. They're all tough. Figured out a way to win. Plain and simple. Now, I can't explain what happened at Texas A&M. I just can't. If those two teams play again, LSU beats them. I believe that wholeheartedly. But on that one day, things started to get out of control, and that fumble, scoop, and score, and that was that was all she wrote. Uh, sometimes it's just not in the cards. We'll see what LSU brings. I would be stunned, stunned if LSU is not mentally, emotionally invested in this game. I would be stunned. I played on the last team to ever win an SEC tournament championship at LSU. That was back in 1980, long, long time ago. And I can remember it was a long season. Man, we were really good, and we had a target on our back all year long. But playing in that SEC championship game meant we knew we were going to the NCAA tournament. We were like the second, third-ranked team in the country. So we knew we were going. But, man, that pursuit of a championship is, oh, man, it's like, Manna from heaven. It is so, and you can see it. You can taste it. It's right there in front of you. So I would be stunned if LSU's not ready to play and play well. And let's let's get it to a competitive fourth quarter game, and let's see what happens. Georgia really hadn't been challenged much all year long. LSU sure has. <laughs> you know they have. Let's see what happens when it gets down to the old serious business. If LSU can hang in there, man, hang in there, get to the fourth quarter and be in striking distance. Oh, man, then then the fun really, truly begins. So we shall see. All right, we'll take a quick time out here. Uh, when we come back, Frank Schwab will join us. Time to make his NFL picks here on the Jordy Helper Show. Mm. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 30 minutes after the hour on this first day of December. That means in the NFL games in December are the games you remember. We've got a really, really good slate of games, maybe even starting tonight. No one better at it than our good friend from Yahoo Sports, Mr. Frank Schwab. Frank, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and thank you for joining us today, sir. Thank you. Yes, uh, you too. I hope so. And you're right. These, this is one of the better weeks we've had uh, schedule-wise for a long time. This oh, is, I'm, I'm, there's I'm really good games on the, on the slate. Yeah, let's get right to it. Tonight on Amazon Prime Video, the Buffalo Bills are a um, three-and-a-half-point favorite at New England. What do you think? I, 
I, I guess I like the Bills, although I'm confused by the line movement. I guess all the money's coming in on the Bills, and yet the line keeps moving toward the Patriots. Yeah. Usually it means smart people are taking the Patriots, which makes me second-guess myself. But, I mean, if you, the last five games the Patriots and Bills have played, the Bills have won four of them. The one outlier was the windy game where the Patriots threw four times last year on a Monday night that we all remember. And mm-hmm. the last three Bills wins were all blowouts. I mean, I think it was one was by 30, one was by 12, another was by like 21 or something like that. So the Bills have really had the Patriots number. I don't really trust the Patriots offense. I don't think right. they're going to score a ton. They're really well coached. They're really good on defense. The Bills haven't been great lately, but I think a lot of that was just you know, the travel stuff with the snow a couple weeks right. ago and then having to go right back to Detroit for Thanksgiving. So I think the Bills bounce back. I think they win, but I can't say I'm not a little nervous that, uh, you know, <laughs> and that, that, that smart people seem to be liking the Patriots. You're Denver Broncos because you live in Denver. Um, boy, they've got troubles with their quarterback. Uh, everybody's now saying Lamar Jackson at Baltimore's hurting himself in his uh, – he's bet on himself and now he's hurting himself. The Ravens are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Is he hurting himself? I don't think so. I think he's a great player who doesn't have a lot of help. I mean, yeah. the the Ravens did nothing to improve their receivers this off season, and right. you know that's showing up. It, it's one of those things we kind of knew it was a possibility, and, and now we really see it, they're struggling along with it. So I don't blame Lamar. I, I mean, he's not playing his best ball. I'm not gonna say that, but right. I, I I can't look at what the you know the struggles of the Ravens offense and come to the conclusion it's Lamar Jackson's fault. Like I think it's everybody around him. There's just nobody to make a play on that offense around him. It's it's really not a good situation. So I don't I don't blame Lamar. I think he's gonna be fine. He's gonna get whatever money he was gonna get as long as he doesn't get hurt by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. But I no, I don't I, I don't think Lamar is is really the problem here. I mean, you, you want to talk about a problem? You look at the other side. You look at Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. been a problem all year. Wow. Uh, they're you know averaging one point three touchdowns per game, which I, I heard is the lowest in the NFL in ten years. So yeah, I think the Ravens get get right here. Although look, Denver's defense can keep them in the game, so we'll see. But I do think okay. the Ravens look whether they got to score to they got to score seventeen points to to win by double digits. Like it's, it's just Denver can't score this year. We shall see. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says he's playing against the team that he says he owns, the Chicago Bears. Um, Packers are five-point road favorites in this one. Is it time for Aaron Rodgers to take a seat and uh, let Love play, or what do you think? I don't know. I mean, guys just aren't wired like that, so I don't think that there's a scenario in which he doesn't – he just steps aside. I mean – I guess if the Packers come to him and are like, look, we want to get a look at the young kid for the last few weeks because you're banged up, I guess that's a conversation you can have. But I just I don't see that. I just don't see it happening, honestly. I just think that Aaron's going to want to play. He's a competitor. And I don't think anybody in that organization is really telling him he can't. So I think mm-hmm. that you know when it comes down to it, I think he plays. And I think they just destroy the Bears on Sunday, honestly. Okay. Even if Jordan Love plays quarterback, Bears, you know, between the trades and guys getting hurt, their defense is just decimated. I don't think their offense is going to be that good. They lost their number one receiver, Darnell Mooney, for the season. Justin Fields looks like he's going to be back, but I don't think he's going to be the same player because I don't think they're going to have a lot of design runs for him. Why, why would you have your young quarterback who's already hurt in a lost right. season running right. 15, 20 times? Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. So I don't think we're going to see the Justin Fields we saw pre injury. 
I just think the Packers blow them out. I just don't think this Bears team is going to be very good down the rest of the stretch. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Are the Cleveland Browns doing the wrong thing? Should they wait to play the Deshaun Watson when they play in the friendly confines of Cleveland? They're going back to the scene of the crime in Houston. What What are they thinking? This could get ugly. <laughs> it could, but Houston is is so bad that I think is a yeah. He's gonna he's gonna look. He's gonna have to face probably for the rest of his career a lot of hostile yeah. crowds and all that kind of stuff. At least he could do so against the. Probably the worst defense in the NFL this week. Right, I, okay. they, you know it's one of those. They got to get him. Like you paid this guy, it, you, you send a lot of draft picks for him. It's time. It's time to see what you got these last few games of the season. Okay. There's still a, a puncher's chance, I guess, that you can, you know, sneak into the playoffs somehow. So yeah, I actually think he's going to play really well. I do. I think right. that. I think the Browns are going to want to get him going. I don't think they're going to let up at any point. It, you know, it could be. 31-7, I still think you're going to be running a normal <laughs> offense. Just get Sean Watson some reps. Well, I mean, he needs some reps, right? Uh, right. Yeah, they, they, he hasn't played in 23 months. Uh, he might be really, really rusty and bad. We don't know, but uh, he, he is a talented guy, and I, I think that he, I think he's going to do pretty well against his former team. All right, the Jets may have found a quarterback in Mike White, but they got to go against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I don't know much about gambling. Minnesota's a home three-point favorite, just three. That tells me they really like the Jets' defense. Uh, what do you think of this one? Yeah, and I don't know exactly what to make of Mike White because he played the Bears, who I just talked about. I don't think yeah. he's really any good. But he looks so much better than Zach Wilson. I mean, it was just night yes. and day. You could tell immediately that, okay, now this this offense suddenly has a chance, you know. Right. So I I, I think the Jets have a chance. I think they have a chance to win this game. That, that defense is really good. It is a, it's a, it's a, it's a really good football team. I think they need a, a competent quarterback, and maybe they got that now. So, We'll see. I, I'm uh, I'm interested to see this game because it's it's a hard one to pick. I, it, yeah. I I understand the Vikings are a very good football team. Like they might not be a Super Bowl contender. They might not be as good as the record indicates. That doesn't mean they're not really good. They are. They bring a lot to the table. They're well coached. Uh, I like them. I just think that I just think the Jets are, are maybe that you know they're confident. You could tell they had kind of you know it wasn't easy for them playing with that quarterback. They just right. they knew they couldn't compete. They they knew they just offensively they had no chance at all so i think that the change is really going to do a lot for them just kind of a little more excited to play each week a little more fired up i think that i i think the jets are, are going to be a pretty good team down the stretch and i, I do i think i got a shot the win on sunday all right, I'm with you. I, I like the Jets. If you had told me when the season started that this would be a very significant game, I would have laughed. But suddenly a big game for playoff contention. Both Washington and the New York Giants would be in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. The Commanders have won six of seven, three straight by running it, playing good defense. Sounds like carbon copy of what the Giants do. So who's got the better offense, the better running game, and the better defense? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it. it, it it is one of those. Uh, I'm sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. We, we, who are we talk about? Which game? Commanders and the New York Football Giants. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was going to say. Sorry, I do playoff projections. You know, I mean, and in doing them for the first time this season, we start after Thanksgiving, and in looking at the NFC playoff picture, one of these two teams has to make the playoff. There's really yeah. no way around it. Maybe both yeah. of them do. I don't get why the Commanders are favored. I. Look, I get that they've won a lot of games, but 
the same thing people said about the said about the Giants of where you know that they're not as good as a record and they're a little bit of a fraud and all this. The same stuff applies to the Commanders, and now they go on the road and they're favored against a Giants team that's not bad. They're well coaches. I think they're two very similar teams, and I don't know I don't know why the Commanders would be favored. Their passing game is not that good. Their defense is okay. It's solid, but it's not great. I like the Giants to win. I think they're I think they're. They're fine. They're a fine football team. They're not right. bad. They're they're just not as good as their record, which isn't a crime. It's, no. it's an interesting game, though. It's it's real. Like it, it's basically these. They play twice in three weeks. They're basically playoff games I, because one of these teams is going to make it, and it's probably going to be if one of them could sweep the other. It's it's it, that almost basically punches their ticket to the playoffs. This uh, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. This one would, would remind me of the old Frozen Tundra NFC North games. But man, pad up and be ready because the Tennessee Titans are coming into Philadelphia. Holy, yeah. can, what a physical game this is going to be! And the uh, the Eagles are four and a half point home favorites. And I think that like Tennessee is one of those teams that. I think if you just take them every week, you're going to end up fine at the end of the year. I can't yes. tell. Like it's usually like I can't tell you how the Titans are going to cover the spread, but they do. They they're they're so well coached under Mike Vrabel, and they can yeah. figure things out. And I, the one thing about Philly, I mean Philly obviously ran the ball great against Green Bay last Sunday night, but whatever nobody talked about was Eagles' run defense wasn't that good. No. Uh, the Packers really ran the ball well against them, and sure Eagles' did. run defense has been. Pretty bad for the past few weeks. Now you get Derrick Henry. I, I, Derrick Henry's been in a little bit of a slump, but I, I think that he breaks out of that this week. He has a big game, and the Titans somehow find a way to cover. I, 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 I think it's going to be a close game. I don't want to pick holes in the Eagles because that's what everybody likes to do. I, I think that they just were so good so fast that people wanted reasons that they weren't really that good. No, the Eagles are a really good football team, yeah. but I, I just think the Titans find ways to keep these games close, and I think they're going to do that on Sunday. A lot of speculation since uh, Ohio State lost. Everybody's clamoring for Mike Vrabel to take over at Ohio State. Holy cow. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Um, Another great game, I think. Um, The offense of the Miami Dolphins travels to San Francisco to take on the defense of the 49ers. Wow. Two and that group can sling it all over the place, but, but Bosa and that crew can really get after the quarterback. I love this game. I love it. Oh, it's it's fun, isn't it? I, this is one of the marquee games on the schedule, and I think this is not that Tua it, it really is to the point where we should still be questioning him. But I, I think that this is kind of the real test. Like, if he's really a top whatever quarterback, seven, five, whatever, where, right. wherever you want to rank him, then he figures out a way to get some yards and some points against what might be the best defense in football. I, this is. San Francisco is awesome on defense. They're fantastic. They really they shut out last week. They're really, really yeah. good. And if Tua and this offense is what we think it might be, you know, you go, you, you know, you might not put up 38 points on them, but you put up enough to keep it close. You put up enough to make it a competitive game. So I, I'm looking forward to this. I, I really am. And I, I think that I think it's just going to be a close game. I, I, I believe San Francisco wins a close game. Okay. But uh, look, if the, if the Dolphins can go win this game, and they're perfectly capable of it. We have to really start taking them seriously as Super yes. Bowl contenders and AFC yeah. East contenders and all this kind of stuff. I, I mean, it's good Dolphins. The Dolphins have not lost yet in games that Tua started and finished voluntarily. He got the early hook last week, but I, this is a really, really good Dolphins team, and I think it's a big, big. 
uh, we're going to be able to see where really they are, especially facing this defense. Everybody was kind of criticizing that coaching hire, but they're not criticizing it now, are they? No, he's good. He's really, really <laughs> he good. good. He is very good. Frank Schwab is very good as well. Oh, my gosh. It goes from great to maybe even better because the Kansas City Chiefs head to Cincinnati. Yeah. Mahomes, Joe Burrow, holy cow. Ch- Joe Ch- Jamar Chase is back. If you like offense, you're going to love this one. Yeah, I mean, this is just this is, this is a, such a huge game for the playoff picture because if you look at the Chiefs, even counting this game, have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. So if they win here, they're going to get the number one seed. I mean, teams yeah. like the, I guess, the Ravens, the Bills, the Dolphins, who are chasing that number one seed, can pretty much forget about it. If, if the Chiefs win here, they they are probably going to win out. But you know, on the other side of it. The Bengals and Ravens all of a sudden tied atop the division. The Bengals are playing really good ball. I think the Bengals win. I I, I know they're, they're home underdogs, but this team is not scared of Kansas City. We saw it last no. year. They beat them twice, including in the AFC Championship game. I think they're starting to play better. The one that Jamar Chase should be back, I'm assuming he will be, a mix yep. and two. But we don't know exactly how many snaps Chase is good. I mean, when you're basically – sitting and resting for a few weeks. It's not easy to come back 100% snaps for an NFL game. I get that. But he just adds such an element to that offense. The 30 played well, play pretty well without him. I just think this is the Bengals' time to get a, a really, really key win. And it's just the, the result of this game really has a huge impact on the AFC playoff picture because it's either we're talking about the Bengals maybe winning that division or yeah. – you know, maybe the Bills are in play or the Dolphins are in play for the number one seed again. It just a lot changes with the outcome of this game. Yeah, this is, oh, that's going to be a great, great, fun game uh, for sure. Uh, Frank, who's the best team in fo- football in your book? I don't know. I have the Chiefs number one in my power rankings. Okay. But I still, I'm going to tell you, I, 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 I don't know if I'm crazy. I think it might be the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Uh, and, I just everything they're doing is just so impressive. Uh-huh. They got two running backs that can that can really get after you. They have a quarterback that's playing probably the best ball of his career and Dak Prescott. That defense is fierce. If really they good. lead on you, it's lights out. That pass rush is great. So yeah. you know, Philly I have a you you know, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl before the season and they're ten and one. I should be feeling good, but I think I have more questions about them than I did a month ago. Uh, the the Chiefs are very very good. And they have the best player in football, Patrick Mahomes. But right. I, I don't know. I still, I still think they're vulnerable in the AFC or the AFC in general is very tough. I haven't given up on the Bills being that team, but they haven't been really great in a month. I, I mean, they've been kind of struggling along. So mm-hmm. the one team I just think people, a lot of people are sleeping on is the Dallas Cowboys. How many, how many teams do you think have a their fan bases have a legitimate chance of getting to a Super Bowl? So it's definitely Dallas, it's Kansas City, it's uh, Philadelphia, uh, is it Buffalo? Is it Cincinnati? Who do you think? Yeah, I'd say let's say I think Miami's got to be in the list too. So Miami okay. and Buffalo. I think the Ravens, if they can turn it out, if they can get it going on offense, which okay. I don't know, I'm, I'm starting to lose faith in that. I think they're in a mix. I think Cincinnati definitely has the upside to go there to Chiefs, obviously. So that's five out of the AFC. And then I think the two in the end. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are perfectly capable of going to the Super Bowl, too. I don't know if I put the Vikings in that group, but San Francisco definitely is. So all of a sudden, you got, I think, three out of the NFC, maybe four if I could squeeze the Vikings in. So we're talking eight. I think the eight. We're down to eight Super Bowl contenders. 
I think that's very fair. Um, if you like the offense of Kansas City, Cincinnati, you're not going to get that on Monday Night Football as the Saints take on Tampa <laughs> Bay in Tampa. Um, uh, the Bucks are three and a half point home favorites on this. I, I don't know what to expect from the Saints. I've never, I never thought they'd be this bad. I really didn't. No, and, and the funny thing is, as you guys obviously know, they win this game and the Falcons lose. Yep. All of a sudden, the Saints are a half game out of first place. How Crazy. in the world that happened? I have no Crazy. idea. But this is a big game still. I mean, you would think that at four and eight, you're just like, whatever. The, the let's get to the off season. But right. if they win this game, they're they're perfectly right in the middle of the NFC South race. I I I, I, I I'm I'm going to say this. I'll take the Saints on the points. I don't know if they can win straight up. But who are the Buccaneers right now to be laying three Nobody. and a half against anybody? Right. They're a bad football team. Like they're, they are. I mean, you know, the, the Saints don't have a great record, and they haven't played well. But Buccaneers, week after week, you just kind of figure like, well, maybe they're going to get it going. Maybe they're going to get it going. And they just can't. It's not happening. It's December right. 1st. It hasn't happened yet. It ain't going to happen. It, it ain't going to happen for now. the Buccaneers. <laughs> they're just a bad football team. And now they, they lose their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, who is our best offensive lineman. Yeah. I think the Saints... They're in this game at the end, and they might steal it. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about, oh my goodness, can wow. the Saints, who are four and eight, make the playoffs? Yeah, it's, wow. it's actually reasonable. That's that's how crazy the NFC South is. Still, yeah, still not mathematically eliminated. So there is hope, but they got to go play in Cleveland. They got to go play in Philadelphia. That's on uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Day. Good luck playing in those right. venues in that cold weather. Good luck. So I'm um, not going to get my uh, hopes up too much on that, Frank. Um, any of these. <laughs> college conference championship games intrigue you i haven't uh, looked a ton to be honest with you i i just been so focused on on the nfl right. lately but yeah i mean i'm uh, some of the spreads surprise me i'll tell you that like some yeah. huge favorites in these games huge. And these huge. games are pretty close i mean they're they're playing for something i yeah. the only one that i think is the the big 10 is kind of uh, you know the big Ooh. 10 west something got to be done and hopefully Hopefully, the, my Wisconsin Badgers uh, hiring uh, Fickle will help Fickle. that. But I, I, you know, I see the, the LSU is seventeen and a half point favorite. Yeah. Like, when has yeah. the SEC title game ever been that big of a blowout? Stuff like that. Right. So we'll we'll definitely see. I hope we get some good games at least this weekend. I, I do too, uh, Frank. I can't thank you enough, but it's always great talking to you. Um, have a great weekend. Enjoy Week Thirteen. They got some some really 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 good games. I can't wait for it, man. So, so thank you so much, buddy. Absolutely. should be fun. All right. Frank Schwab uh, with us as, um, yeah, take the Saints and the points, but um, not to beat Tampa Bay. But you know what? In a game where whoever cares the most, that's who's going to win that thing. Uh, who cares? That, that's the point. All right. That's the point. Uh, you can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. That's nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at lachristmaschannel.com or download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Uh, back to wrap up this Thursday, December 1st edition of the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the SEC championship bound LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. 
Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hi, we're back fresh off their uh, bowl game clinching win over Texas State. The uh, Sunbelt Conference announced their um, uh, all-conference football team in the Cajuns, led by punter Reese Burns and the defensive lineman Zion Hill-Green. Cajuns placed 11 players on the 2022 All Sun Belt Conference football team. Wow, that's that's pretty good. Um, joined um, so Burns, Hill Green, uh, safety Braylon Trahan, and return specialist Eric Garrar. There you go. Linebackers Andre Jones and Jordan Quibido were each named to the second team. Uh, wide receiver Michael Jefferson named to the third team. Four players were named honorable mention. Running back Chris Smith, tight ends uh, Neil Johnson and Johnny Lumpkin. Linebacker Chris Moncrief. So congratulations to all those players. Burns, a repeat performer on the Sun Belt All-Conference team. So that's pretty darn good. So we'll find out uh, Sunday where the, the Cajuns will be bowling. Special thanks to our guests today, Preston Guy of TigerBait.com on LSU Georgia, Will Blackwell, the former LSU Tiger that played in the 2011 SEC Championship winning Tiger team. They beat Georgia, beat them like a drum. Um, Chris Dunnels talking about the New Orleans Saints and, of course, Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports making all of his picks. If today is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours uh, with the Mary Max, winner of six major championships. Lee Trevino is 83 years young. Well, Trevino, Palmer, Nicholas, player. And that was uh, that was some good times of golf, man. That was some good times of golf. Um, tomorrow on the show, we're going to get you caught update with the very latest on the high school football playoffs with all the teams in our area. Uh, we're going to have one last look with Larry Holder of the Athletic on the Saints and around the NFL. Uh, Blake Topmeyer will join us from Atlanta. We'll have one last look um, uh, at the SEC championship game from the USA Today Network's uh, perspective of things. Fridays with Faust, George Faust, who knows where we'll go with that one. And, of course, George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make our fearless, fearless picks. Is anybody going to pick LSU to beat Georgia? Stranger things have happened. LSU played in their first one. Tennessee was the number two ranked team in the country. They had everything going their way. They had 90% of the crowd. And LSU came in there and just beat them up and won the championship. So stranger things have happened. Who wants it the most? If LSU, Look, LSU has the athletes to play with Georgia. I don't think there's any question about that. Can they execute their game plan? Can they make the big play at the right time? Can they not be burned by big plays? Can they control the football, not turn it over? All these things that you talk about every game. LSU has the talent to stay in this thing. Just get me to the fourth quarter and still be in it. And let's see what that pressure does to the Georgia Bulldogs. James Mesh, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in in whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. So until tomorrow, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Trust me, stay healthy. This stuff is no fun. Uh, let's be kind to one another and be happy. Have a great day, everybody.